Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. suppression tactics anymore every hoosier voter deserves better this is yet another reason we must break the gop supermajority that's from the indiana democratic party tony katz 93 wibc good morning it was a post on uh, x from indems uh, you're hysterical and i don't mean that and you're funny i mean clearly you've got the vapors um, uh, first, I have no problem with you breaking the Republican supermajority. You might want to try policy. I mean, I, you've tried everything else. Screaming racism, screaming bigotry, screaming that boys can be girls. You've tried it all. You might want to try policy that works. But number two, um, not allowing a company to purchase bus rides on election day for specific areas is not voter suppression. You freaks. And I'm saying that to the people who've been responding on social media. I'm saying that to the party. Freaks. This is because you have um, a a state uh, senator, Gary Byrne, who has filed a bill to prohibit public transportation agencies from offering free or reduced fare rides on election day. Now, people will tell you, making it free, it removes a barrier for access uh, to, to vote, especially for people who are low income. But that's not the case here, now is it? The AAR group at AARP, they've sponsored free election day rides on public transit in Indianapolis, Gary, Fort Wayne, and Evansville. Let me say for the record that I don't think that AARP has to stop offering things. I think that the argument that it doesn't happen through public transit is actually a fascinating argument. Because if we're going to say that they only offer uh, uh, rides where buses are, what about all those people in rural areas who are poor, who don't have anybody to help them to get to the polls? What happens to them? AARP says screw them. The Indiana Democratic Party says screw them. Why is there advantage being given to one group of people based on geography and not another? Do we consider that fair access to the polls? If AARP wants to put out 10,000 shuttle buses and bus people to the polls, they can do so. We can then note it and talk about it. But that's different than whether or not it goes through the state. 
But if you're now going to tell me offering free rides on election day is the only way to have safe elections, but you don't favor voter ID, can we discuss how ridiculous you are? As I stated on the socials, it is not voter suppression to not offer free rides on a bus for election day. You're hysterical, Indiana Democratic Party. You're you're ridiculous. This isn't a policy. This is nuttiness. And the people screaming about, well, if it's not voter suppression, what is it? Maybe it's about righting a wrong. Because you don't seem to give a damn about people in rural neighborhoods. Rural areas, you don't care how they get to the polls. Now, I'm a believer that if you're going to have early voting, have early voting. Make sure that there's plenty of access. I've said this for years. I'm on the record, kitten. You ain't got nothing. But there is something to be said for not having this happen through public transportation. It's a solid argument. And the people opposed to this argument, well... These are people who absolutely believe that they should be allowed to do anything when it comes to elections and everything you do should be questioned. Meanwhile, the General Assembly is going to vote on a definition of anti-Semitism and Democrat Representative Cherish Pryor did get back to us and did speak to me yesterday. I have that interview coming right up. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is going to be the story today as the state legislature looks to put, well, uh, a definitive on that. You have got this move going across the country to accept and utilize the definition of anti-Semitism that comes from the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. This is the popcorn moment. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's a story you need to hear to believe, then grab your popcorn because there is more. Um, I saw that, you know, WIBC.com, Kirk Darling had the, the story and some of the opposition, including opposition that came from the state representative, uh, Cherish Pryor. Cherish Pryor used to serve on the uh, city county council in Indianapolis, member of the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus. Uh, she represents House District 94. Now, I, I had this all edited up and I, I pretty much booted it. So I apologize for that. But I, 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 we're going to post the full interview. Full interview with no edits. I'm editing for time here, not for content. 
wanted you to hear her objections because as the story noted, the objection was educators, here's how it's written, feel concerns that if they were to say anything about Israel, they would be deemed as anti-Semitic. And Representative Pryor continued, people should be able to criticize any country if they feel that country is not doing right, particularly if there are human rights violations. So I thought she was talking about Israel and human rights violations. So I asked her uh, uh, about this, and uh, uh, while I I don't even know where I'm starting from it right now, I'm starting from the beginning of it, uh, listen to Representative Pryor in her own words. So, no, uh, it is not my position that um, we don't have a definition. Um, My my thought and my statement has been um, we need to make sure that we're um, inclusive. Uh, the idea of inclusive being that the definition of anti-Semitism needs to be broader, in your view, based on what the International no, Holocaust Remembrance Alliance has put together? No, the definition is fine, but being inclusive as far as other religions and other um, marginal, marginalized communities. So that's, that's, uh, that, that has been my my thought process but in in this in this instance in this situation uh this is specifically about defining anti-semitism could there be in your view other pieces of of legislation that would engage other definitions i think that we have an opportunity um right now as a legislature to ensure that we are uh, protecting uh, all communities um, that are um, that are being affected, and so I, I you know, I I think that we are missing a, a great opportunity. I think that uh, we certainly need to protect uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters. We also need to protect um, our Muslim brothers and sisters. We also need to protect. Uh, my African-American brothers and sisters and in other groups as well. Talking to State Representative Cherish Pryor. I think that, you know, I think that we're missing an opportunity uh, by not trying to make sure that we are protecting all, all Hoosiers throughout the state of Indiana. Talking to State Representative Cherish Pryor of the uh, 94th uh, District, Indiana House Democratic uh, floor leader, uh, as it states on the Indiana House Democratic Caucus website. Uh, I, I must admit, this is not where from your or some original statements I thought where you were going. Uh, this we we see a massive uptick in, in anti-Semitism as as is reported. We're seeing violence uh, on the streets. Never mind what's happening in college campus. And thus, this definition has been put forward as an idea to be able to have uh, states have a clear understanding of what is and what isn't. Not that it excludes uh, other groups and other people. Couldn't this be done? and then other definitions be be handled and, and, and voted on in the same way? Um, I think that they, that we can do them all together. Um, I think that there has certainly been an uptick, unfortunately, in, uh, in hate crimes. Um, towards uh, the Jewish community. There's also been an uptick in hate crimes towards uh, uh, individuals who are Muslims or on college campus. 
as an African-American, I can tell you uh, when I was uh, a freshman in college, I was terrified to leave my dorm room uh, one day because there were uh, there was a KKK march. Um, and those things are still happening on college campuses that affect uh, the African-American community. So what I'm saying is, you know, certainly um, there could be something that happens uh, next year, but then that's a year that goes by without those groups being protected. So in, in your view, it has to be... You, we're, we're, we're equating things in, in your view, you, you, you are equating these things as opposed to being able to say, well, at least let's get this done and then we can get other things done. In my view, I think that we as a legislature, we have an obligation to protect everybody. Talking to State Representative Cherish Pryor uh, of the 94th uh, District. Uh, now, uh, in your commentary, and it was reported by WIBC.com, you were talking about the the legislation being too vague. And this is the quote that is attributed to you. Educators, that's the subject you were talking about, feel concerns that if they were to say anything about Israel, that would be deemed as anti-Semitic. You continued by saying, and I'm quoting, people should be able to criticize any country if they feel that country is not doing right, particularly if there are human rights violations. So I wanted to ask you what countries, in your view, are uh, engaged in human rights violations uh, and uh, that should be criticized? Oh, I think there's there are a lot of countries. You can almost pick a continent, and you can uh, identify um, human rights violations um, that occur. Uh, I think my statement um, is very clear um, that if there are um, human rights violations that are happening, um, people and, and there are people in the United States that want to stand up. Uh, for people who are receiving, um, who are being harmed, uh, that they should be able to and they should not be criticized or fear being criticized or lose their jobs or get expelled from school uh, because they say, uh, you know, that there are human rights violations happening in Israel. So my concern is that we we have to and we need to be trying to protect um, all students and everybody's uh, free speech and their ability to, to criticize Israel, just as, you know, people criticize some of the things that the United States does. Right. So you've mentioned now Israel and the United States. Are there any other countries that you, you are OK with? We should always have the freedom of speech to engage criticizing for, as you put it, human rights violations. Yeah, I'm, it, it, any country. Uh, you know, I don't like what's happening um, in Ukraine. Um, there are violations that are happening um, in, in um, countries in, in uh, on the continent of Africa as well. So uh, all of those, I think, are things that we need to be concerned about. And people need to be able to speak out against those. That is part of my conversation with with the representative uh, Cherish Pryor uh, of uh, the 94th District. And I very much appreciate her coming on the show because we find Republicans and Democrats who refuse to get back to us, including uh, the governor, Eric Holcomb.
Uh, I found uh, her answers to be very, very distressing. I don't favor the definition because I don't actually think it's necessary. But words have meaning, and maybe the idea of explaining what words mean has a value. I'm willing to debate that. But that it can't be done because it's only about the Jews we need to do about everybody. I should have asked her where she was on Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. I should have asked her why is she engaged in a conversation that was the exact conversation used by House Democrats to protect Ilhan Omar. Certainly, I should be asking in our next conversation, what do you mean by human rights abuses? And is it okay to retaliate against Gaza? Sorry, Hamas. Is it okay to retaliate against a terrorist organization? The full interview will be up with the podcast at WIBC.com. I apologize for the delay. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's the trade, people. It is the trade. The Pacers doing the work. A three-team deal. Am I pronouncing it right? Siakam? Pascal Siakam? Am I pronouncing his name properly? I want to make sure I do that. Because he's a Pacer now. Coming from Toronto. Uh, look, uh, we, we, we can help you find good food. Uh, welcome uh, to, to Indianapolis. You're going to have a great time. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. The Pacers gave some things up. They give up Bruce Brown. They give up two 2024 first-round picks. They gave up a 2026 first-round pick. But they've got a whole bunch of picks that they are, are working from. This is a move. And I think one of the great parts about this this trade that has happened here is first people are excited that you you you've got uh, Siakam there with Tyrese Halliburton. They're like, oh, oh, this is this is quite all right. This is this is fantastic. What they are excited about, as as I've watched people on the on the socials that maybe it will attract other players to Indiana, that this has the opportunity to bring in more quality talent to Indianapolis and make the Pacers a true contender. There are other cities that are warmer, other places that are considered, quote-unquote, more exciting. Now, we know that that's not the case, of course. We know there's a reason to be here, to live here, to love here, to enjoy here. We want it to be better. We discuss it constantly. But I like that fans are thinking like this. There's an opportunity here to build on the opportunity here. Um, this is this this is, this is by every measure strong. And, 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 and exciting, the potential here is out of control. And looking forward to seeing how this plays out. I want what you want. 
I, I want what, what what's best uh, for the team. I want what's best for the city. We want to win. You want uh, deep do- uh, drives into the playoffs? You'd like a championship. You'd like to go. Let's do the thing. So maybe this is it. Maybe this is it, and that would be pretty dang fantastic. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. We have got ourselves... 24 degrees in the American Standard Heating Weather Center. The time is 7.46. People still angry with me for noting that it's not the job of the state to take you to the polls to vote. It's, that's not their job. It's your job. Now, if you want to take other people to the polls to vote, you can do that. If AARP wants to hire buses, private charter buses, and take people to the polls, they can do that. I I don't think I'm arguing against that, am I? No. Now, someone might have an argument for why that's not okay. But I think that you as an individual are allowed to say to your neighbor, hey, do you need a ride to the polling place? Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. But the idea that we should allow companies through our public transit system provide free rides on election day, but only in certain areas, you could see how that could be a problem. Rational people should see that. So you've got this state senator who wants to put an end to that. Oh my gosh, Republicans favor voter suppression. No one is entitled to a free ride anywhere. No one is entitled to a free ride. You can still offer the rides. Wouldn't this be an argument about whether or not it should go through some state uh, system, something like uh, our, our transit system? That maybe the sponsoring of that, as AARP has done it, creates an issue because people in rural areas don't get a free ride. Evansville, Gary, Indianapolis, they get the free ride. So there's an argument to be made that you're saying we're going to aid and abet in these certain areas and we're going to avoid these certain areas and that's an issue. If AARP was doing this with private buses, with 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 vans. I don't know. I, I I'd be like, hey, they're this is what they're doing. Go do it yourself. It's through the it's through the transit system. It's through the bus system that creates the issue here. Republicans are engaged in voter suppression. Not offering free rides is not voter suppression. You all sound ridiculous. You are ridiculous when you make this argument. These people, you don't have it. You haven't thought it through. All you did was engage in a reflexiveness that runs counter to rational thought. 
You're not engaged in a disagreement, sharing a point of view. You're engaged with a full-on attack based on nothing more than your feelings, and your feelings don't matter. Your feelings lead to nonsense pablum. What is it that we're discussing is what matters. Let me give you an example. There's a story in the New York Post about a Marlene Engelhorn. She's 31. And uh, here's a picture uh, uh, of her with a sign that says, Tax the Rich. And she, from her grandmother, got $27.1 million. She's bothered by this because she doesn't think she should have this kind of money. This is just wrong. She states, I have inherited a fortune and therefore power without having done anything for it. And the state doesn't even want taxes on it. She is shocked that the state is not taking the money and therefore, I guess, assuaging her guilt. So she states, if politicians don't do their job and redistribute, then I have to redistribute my wealth myself. I love it when people denote the irrationality of their argument and then the simplicity of a solution. You think it's government's job to redistribute wealth? Okay, commie. With a thought like that, you can run for the Indianapolis City County Council. It's not government's job to redistribute wealth. Why would anybody want this? But yet there are people out there who hate their existence, who want to live within the guilt, and why doesn't somebody punish them so they can feel better? They are desperate to be flogged in the town square for their uh, misgivings. Why, if the government won't take my money and redistribute it, I guess I'll have to do it myself. Exactly. Exactly the point. Just like we discussed this thing with the buses, if AARP wants to sponsor, because they're the ones who are sponsors, they want to sponsor their own buses and do this, fine. Should this be something that happens through government? And the answer is no. And it's a very interesting conversation because you're providing a result in some areas and not other areas. And when the government is involved in that, that's a no-no. The government does not treat people unequally. I thought we were opposed to that, but it seems that there are plenty of progressives who are totally fine with that because screw those people in rural areas. They're probably white Christians. You know you're saying it. We see you. What are you kidding us for? You think we don't get it? You think rational people aren't fully aware of what you're talking about? You're trying to move people into polls from areas where you think they're going to vote the way you want them to vote. And I think that if you favor more people voting, you'd get more people to the polls wherever they are. If you want to give away your money, write a check. Just write a check. No one's stopping Marlene Engelhorn. You feel guilty about getting 27 Point one million dollars. The check gets made out to Matt Bear, B-A-I-R. He's going to do such good with it, you would not believe.
He's going to do such good with it. You don't need government. You can do this. AARP doesn't need government. They can do this. The answer is always that we are a self-reliant people who can take care of our own issues and we do not need government to do it for us. And when you realize that, that power, that strength, you create a better society. I don't know if Marlene Engelhorn has squared the circle on this, but I hope she does. Give away your money. It's your money. Remember, that last name is Bear. B-A-I-R. Correct. And as for the, the busing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can't bust some and not the, and not all if you're using the state government. On election day, that's, that makes sense.